Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm at Weston tonight. I'm joined by the Mike McCartney to my Sean Payton. How are you doing tonight, Taylor? Uh, my name is Paul McCartney, and I'm doing okay. And you're not a coach anymore. Well, I know. Well, in the sense of you have one year left, and then I'm going to come over and take your job. That's exactly what's going to happen. I was going to say, it's not going to happen this year, sadly, but now it's going to happen next year. The problem is, uh, they still have them under contract. The Saints? Yeah, I think they have them for three years still. I mean, Jerry will give them like $20 million, you know. Would you hear that they had a deal locked in in 2019? I saw that, and then Anthony Davis yeah. got traded. So it was like, because the Bensons own the Pelicans. Yeah, they and own So both. they're like, if we the Pelicans are screwed, we can't have the Saints be screwed also. You can't give away two New Orleans treasures in the same year. So we decided to give away the NBA one before the NFL. So, but that also means that Sean Payne's been unhappy. Yeah. Like maybe he wanted Breeze gone, you know? Maybe, or maybe he saw the direction because does that also mean that Taysom Hill was not his idea? I don't, I don't know. That's what also makes me interested. But he may also been like, look, Breeze is toast. We need to draft a quarterback. And they're like, no, we have to keep trying to make this get one more run out. And he's like, whatever, whatever you say. Um, by all accounts, though, it just seems like he was tired and he needed a year off, you know. That works. Come on over to Dallas. Oh, my God. That means another year of this. Oh, God. Well, and that was the report today that uh, Mike McCarthy was assured that he has his job for 2022. So it sounds like Peyton's out this year. He'll be in Dallas in 2023. And McCarthy has uh, this year upcoming to go eight and seven, you know. Well, the reason why it's because uh, Dan Quinn. Yeah, it sounds like he wanted the Denver job. Yes, that's exactly what it sounded like. In the moment he did not get it, he immediately announced, "I'm staying with Dallas." Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. Um, it's I guess they have so much defensive talent, and they just need a quarterback over there. That I felt like he probably was like, "I can make this a top ten defense. I can find a good offensive coordinator." And then we can, you know, find, you know, we can bring Aaron Rodgers here and that should be good enough. Uh, but they went with Nathaniel Hackett. And I don't know why Rodgers loves Hackett, but it does sound like with Denver, they hired a guy who Aaron Rodgers likes so they can go make a Rodgers trade um, this spring, you know. Matt, it seemed like, what, what was it, that Hackett was the hot commodity? Did I miss something? That Hackett was the guy that everybody wanted? And the moment that he was about to take another interview, because. You you also got to explain what happened with Leftwich and the Jags to me. Yeah, we'll talk about because, that too in a second. But I, I, I just bring that up because it was the moment that that somehow fell through. Then the Jags wanted to interview, and that's when all of a sudden they wanted to interview Hackett, and that's when all of a sudden Denver was like, oh, no, 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 no. We have to hire him now. Yeah, well, and so Hackett was the OC in Buffalo from in 13 and 14. They fired him because their offense was terrible. They brought in Greg Roman, and then they had Tyrod Taylor, and their offense took off me a top 10 offense after that. But they have Rex Ryan as their head coach, and he ruined their defense by 
run that real blitz-heavy scheme instead of just running, you know, four pass rushers um, like Jim Schwartz used. Then Hackett went to Jackson, was the quarterbacks coach for Bortles, became the offensive coordinator for Bortles, and he was the OC whenever they lost the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And then the last two seasons, he was the OC in Denver in uh, Green Bay. And I, I think this is just a decision that was made purely because Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay, and the Broncos are doing this to make a run at Rodgers. So you just think that that's what it is strictly? It has nothing to do with that they actually believe in Hackett? Because what if they don't get Rodgers? Uh, I think they're just going to fire him next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've done that a lot, though. So Fangio was there for two years. I think Vance Joseph was there for like a season or maybe two years as well. They've run through coaches pretty quick um, the past few years there. I think it was like, haven't we done the, isn't it like four out of the past six or five out of six maybe now? Yeah, I can look up real fast. I have Rogers salary cap hit. So he's under contract for 2022 and 2023, but his cap hit in Green Bay coming up is $46.6 million. And so it's at the point for Green Bay, it's either you extend him which Rodgers, you know, doesn't sound like he may not want to do, or you you trade them, and I think it's a spot where they're going to trade them now so they can get max value of them and then see what they have in Jordan Love. And, you know, I think there's going to be kind of like how the Payne Manning situation was where he's going to go wherever he wants to go, and the other team that they trade for is just going to make it work out for him, you know? I just don't think so. And that's just because I... For me, when it comes to the situation and the quarterbacks, I just don't believe that he's going to be able to go somewhere. What do you mean? Like the Packers won't trade him? or? Well, it's exactly. You have Jordan Love, who Doesn't I don't believe. Exi- exist because you watch him against Kansas City. Exactly. And he is terrible, so Green Bay is going to probably do anything they want to keep Aaron Rodgers, which Aaron Rodgers, after the game, that's what I hated is the fact that after the game with San Francisco, nobody talked about how bad Aaron Rodgers was. It was the fact of, oh, where is he going to go now? And once again, he is holding all the cards where the Green Bay front office is truly saying, Aaron, how close do you want us to your hole? It's the worst thing I've ever seen because in the end, Aaron is going to win because Jordan Love sucks. Yeah, well... So, I mean, I think Rodgers is still a top-five quarterback, and there really isn't, like, a doubt about that at all. Um, and, like, looking up the coaches, Fangio was two years, Joseph was two years, Kubiak was two years before that. He won the Super Bowl and retired. And then before that, remember John Fox was the head coach there for Manning for, you know, three of those seasons, and he was fired after they lost in the division around the Colts. And then before that was McDaniels for, you know, two years before he was fired halfway through his second year. It seems like the Broncos, two years, seems like the, the amount of time they can have a head coach, and their quarterbacks there only last one year as well. So we'll see what happens here pretty soon with them. Um, the other head coaching news was that, so we have Hackett going to Denver. We have Quinn staying in Dallas, Payton retiring in New Orleans, Jacksonville. So ja- what's going on in Jacksonville right now, from what I've seen, is that the owner wants Byron Leftwich as the head coach. Leftwich wants to be the head coach. But Leftwich told the owner that he won't be the head coach there if Trent Balky's still a general manager. And so Balky was the GM they hired last year to pair with Urban Meyer. And what Balky's known for, he's the one who built those San Francisco teams under Jim Harbaugh. Um, but what he's known for is he loves getting guys who are hurt. He loves drafting hurt players. That's what he loves to do. It's like his favorite thing in the world. Um, but like 
Leftwich doesn't want to come to a situation where there's already Jim in place. He doesn't know him. He hasn't worked with him before. And so the report is that Leftwich wants them to hire Adrian Wilson, who's a former safety of the Arizona Cardinals, who works in the Arizona Cardinals front office. I guess Leftwich knows from back whenever he coached in Arizona with Bruce Arians back when those two were together um, before they left to go coach in Tampa after Arians was let go in Arizona. So he wants Adrian Wilson to be the GM. So I think he's told Jacksonville, I'll be the head coach here. I want to be the head coach here. But you have to fire Balky and bring in Adrian Wilson as the GM. But then why are they then bringing in other uh, individual candidates? I have no idea. That means that the Jaguars aren't going to give Byron Leftwich anything. Why, Matt, and here's also the thing. Why are you going to give in to Byron Leftwich already? Are you, do you like think that he's proven himself where it's like, all right, well, I got to fire my GM immediately. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it's that. That's it bad. I mean, well, I don't think it's that. I think it's more bulky hasn't done anything at all. You know what I mean? And so it's just more like if you're a new head coach, you don't really you want to have like a new GM that you know to work together on, um, but to kind of build out your team ass. with, you know. You're I don't necessarily fired the moment that you're going to join a team. Okay, you can have me, but that guy's fired. Or he's, I mean, he's just saying like I want to have a general manager I already know and know how to work with, you know. So fire his ass. Yeah, but all of Jacksonville wants bulky fired though. Like the whole team does. They've entered the Jack Easterby zone in Jacksonville right now. The whole fan base wants him gone. I mean, it's well the 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 candidate you mentioned though was Vic Fangio, the former coach of the Broncos, going down there for an interview. And it sounds like he may be going down there to interview for the defensive coordinator position. But even then, I wasn't fully buying that, just because Fangio is a cover four, cover seven, two deep safety sort of coach, and Leftwich is just paired with the high blitz coordinator and top bowls. And so I don't know, maybe maybe uh, Leftwich feels differently. And he's just down there for the DC position, but I'm not sure why you would interview a, a DC before you even officially name the head coach yet. So I don't know; it's weird. Exactly, unless you're interviewing for a head coach besides Leftwich, because he decided to demand you fire somebody on his very first day before he gets the job. Yeah, but it's like if you're the head coach and you have options, and like it's hard to get a lot of head coaching jobs. Um, you know, you want to find the perfect situation. I think Jacksonville's as good of a situation as you can get for Leftwich, but it's just making sure he wants to work with his guys, the GM. Ridiculous. You don't take the perfect situation. No situation is perfect. You take the job that's going to be given to you. Well, I, I mean, it just depends on your like, um, like level of want, your your market supply of your labor. You know? Yeah, but there's this a lot of teams who want to have him. He's interviewed a lot last year. He's interviewing a lot right now. Um, it sounds like he can kind of pick and choose what he wants to do this year. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you got a lot of balls to just come in and be like, he's fired. Well, okay. Well, I don't even know you. I just met you. Like, what is this? Yeah. Well, Balky's also the guy who wanted his guy. He went Bill O'Brien as the head coach there in Jacksonville. So that's, well, what, that was, that's what Balky was up to. That would have been incredible. In fact, I would have been all for that. And like I mean, Balky's not an awful GM by any means, but he hasn't been, you know, good in the in like the last like seven years, you know. And again, like his big thing is he likes to draft injured players, and so I don't think it's the best way to build a football team. Yeah, I just I just go back and forth because I just I really don't think that they have a bad overall like drafted team. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because they drafted first overall. 
listen, man. But you're still going to a decent team. I, I don't understand. I don't think you can go in making demands. I would take the Jacksonville job. I think that'd be a fun job to have. You can only go up. You can only go up. Yeah, so he after he was let go from San Francisco, he took four years off and worked as a consultant for the NFL and then took a job with Jacksonville last year and then was promoted to, to GM this past year with Urban Meyer. So I don't know. I mean, he built one team that was really good for four years there um, and nailed some first-round picks and everything. And you know, him and Harbaugh had a good little run together. But, you know, I don't know. I understand where Lefwood is coming from, though. No, like know. typically, if you fire the head coach, you fire the GM. It's my first job. It's my first time I'm getting a head coach job. I can't make any demands. Just give me the job. You know, I don't know. It's just typically what happens. And then the other head coaching news is that the Chicago Bears hired Matt Eberflus, the DC of the Indianapolis Colts, to be their head coach. And like, I think Eberflus runs a really great scheme. I think he's a very smart defensive coordinator. I thought it was kind of surprising that Chicago went with the defensive guy with Justin Fields there and everything else. But I think they were kind of looking as we don't have a first round pick this year. We're in cap hell. We have a ton to invest into our defense. And if we're going to win football games, immediate future, it's going to be led by our defense and, you know, Fields scoring, you know, like 21, 24 points. And if he can do that, and we have Everflus and we have a well coached defense, like that's our ticket to win football games for the next like two years or so. Yeah, uh, so talking to the Bears insider, uh, a lot of Bears fans want to jump off a cliff with this hire because they don't have confidence in a gentleman who, speaking about the Jaguars, allowed the Jaguars to destroy them where then they weren't able to make the playoffs for the Indianapolis Colts. But that was more, so, that was Carson Wentz. More, and like Lawrence made like three really good throws that game. And still so they're, put, they're the, putting that blame on Everflows instead of Carson Wentz. All I, all I'm saying that it's hard for them to be able to feel confidence in their head coach when something like that happens when you're supposed to be able to win the game to get into the playoffs, especially an easy game like Jack's. I, Carson went through for like 125 yards that game. Yeah, I know, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor ran <laughs> 100 yards. But yeah. I just don't think that this is the guy for the Bears. I just think it's the Bears are more in a carousel than anybody else because, again, some, some I mean, kind of... Nagy was there, I think, for four years. I know, yeah. I know it doesn't seem like it, but he was there for like four years. Yeah, but he outstayed his welcome by two years. Well, that's on the ownership and the GM, you know. But, um, I mean, the thing about Eberflus, I will say, is that whenever he was in Indy and he's been there, I think, for like five years now, going back to 2017, you know, they've had top 10 defense every year. You and... talk smack about their defense every year. When no, I said no, no, no. No, I, I don't. Then you talk smack saying the Colts aren't good, Taylor. No, Shut that's up. not the same thing. I've always said their defense <laughs> is good. They run a very smart defense. Everfuss has done a good job of finding secondary talent um, and getting these guys coached up there, you know, from everything from Kenny Moore and then also their linebacker play, the guy out of Darius Leonard. Um, they even turned Xavier Rhodes' career around there as well, too. Like, they've had a lot of good success, like, in kind of later round picks and reclamation projects. They're Indianapolis with him. The problem with them and Chris Ballard, though, is that he can't draft edge rushers at all. He drafts, spent a ton of picks on them. None of them been good at all. Um, and you know, the only good decision he's made on the defensive line was trading for DeForest Buckner. But, you know, that's it. But I think Everflus is good. And, I mean, just look at the cap and the situation that the Bears are in right now. 
They don't have a first-round pick this year. They have no salary cap space. All this money is devoted to their defense. They can't really do much, I think, for fields anyway. So it's like it has to come from their defense first. And if they can get like 21 points a game out of fields, um, they're going to have to build around fields probably two years from now. And so he's in kind of a bad spot, you know, being being with the Bears to kind of begin with right now too. Uh, you know what? I'm with you, except I still think that the Bears are I, – I agree with what you are saying at the beginning, though. It is a little bit interesting that they went on the defensive coordinator side with hiring the head coach, considering they have field. So I'm wondering what he's going to do when it comes to building that offense up. But at least they have a guy and a wide receiver and a running back. Yeah. Mooney is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they have Montgomery, and Mooney and Fields already have a relationship. So at least you have something building. Or to your point, if the new head coach, uh, Tarber, is able to – what was his name? Is it Tarber? Aberflus. No. Aberflus. I can't – yeah, I can't pronounce it. If he's able to at least turn the defense into what Chicago defense usually is – then to your point, they could be a decent team to watch. I just, I don't know if I have that much faith in him. I mean, I have faith in him crafting a top 10 defense out of what they have already right now. And then now it's like, and it's cold. like, well, if they have, if he, if he nails his offensive coordinator spot, you can go from there on. You know, it seemed like Chicago had been an interesting team for Dable to go to just because Dable is really great at running an offense that's really heavy on the quarterback play. And so, like, if you love Justin Fields, um, which like I don't have a good feel for Fields at all, you know, at the moment. But like, if you're a guy as a head coach candidate and you love Fields, and that would be a perfect fit. I just don't know if Dable kind of felt that way um, during the interview process, and so now we have uh, a DC there. I'm interested to see who they sign as their offensive coordinator though in Chicago. But I think Everflus Hour is great. I think he's gonna be very. I think he'd be very good there. I think defense should be good immediately. I really just think his tenure is gonna kind of depend on who they get to be their OC and what they can get out of fields in the next two seasons. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you're right because I would hope that Chicago fans are not being told that they are owned by another quarterback. So hopefully this is going to be able to turn them in the right direction. I just think it's same old, same old when it comes to this team. I actually believe that they could be something to your point, if they have the right offensive coordinator. I think Kellen Moore is available. They should probably pick him up. He's interviewing somewhere else again for head coaching. Oh, he's interviewing, I think, in New Orleans. Oh, my God. Please. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Let me double check. Let me normally double check. Because I saw something that was like, Kellen Moore, you know, won't get a job this hiring cycle. And then it's like, Kellen Moore is interviewing. um, Oh, he's getting a second interview with the Miami Dolphins. Yes. And then Dable is getting a second interview as well, too, down there. And like maybe Dable thinks he can get more out to it than anybody else can, but you know, who knows, you know. No, Kellen Moore can. He can get the most out of anybody. I think Moore makes more sense than Dable does whenever you consider the type of offenses that they run. Woo, Kellen Moore, congratulations! I still can't get over how bad Miami's offensive line still is. Well, yeah, they have one NFL caliber offensive lineman on it. Yeah, it's because the Houston Texans, they fleeced them, man. They own mm-hmm. that trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never forget that. Uh, but that's kind of the, the head coach news right now. How happy are you that Dan Quinn's going to stay for at least another year? That actually made me feel a lot better about myself more than anything. I, that made me feel a little at ease. I still don't like that I have Paul McCartney, but I do like that Dan Quinn is going to be staying. Man, 
I, that makes me really, really, really happy. If I can get rid of Kellen Moore, this will be not a bad offseason. I'll take it because I'll still have like a good 33% of a problem, but it's still only 33%. Yeah. Are you going to send uh, Kellen Moore some pink flamingos he can put in his yard if he goes to Miami? No, I'm not going to send him anything except for be like, happy that he's gone. You know, give him a going away present. Yeah, I'm going to just like. <laughs> Oh, a rock in a box that says good luck. Yeah, don't throw through your glass house. Suck uh, the, Well, and the other news also, Giants owner, not Rooney Mara, but whatever, whatever Rooney Mara's father's name is, John Mara said, we are not trading for Deshaun Watson. There you go. I'm heartbroken. There you go, Matt. Now what? Now where's your game plan? Now what's going to happen? Tell me, Matt. You know what's going to happen? Brian Flores is coming to the Houston Texans, and Deshaun Watson will be staying. I'm hoping for Josh McCown. Okay, what? I want the Josh McCown thing to happen. Why? It would be one of the funniest things that ever happened. That wouldn't be the funniest thing that ever happened. He's only coached at a high school level, Taylor. They interviewed him twice. No, I think they interviewed him twice for a head coaching position. And then after they got made fun of for even interviewing him at all, they're they're like they put out some report. They're like the Jaguars talked to him to see if he would be interested. They didn't interview him at all. They're like, see, we're not the only people who did it. I hey. want Josh McCown though. No, I. So you're trying to tell me that Brian Flores is still available right now? Yeah, he is. Interesting. And Houston Texans have not been really fighting for anybody. So mm-hmm. who are you waiting? Josh McCown. You're not waiting for Josh McCown. Does it make any sense? You would have already hired him. Oh, well, I guess he hasn't interviewed twice. Jonathan Gannon's interviewed twice, and that's the DC in Philadelphia. Even though, like, he's been the DC there for one year, and their defense wasn't that great last year, so I'm not exactly sure what he's good at. Everybody tells me he's great, but I don't know what he's good or isn't good at. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have a, they had a great defensive line, no safety yeah. play, no linebackers at all, and they had below average defense this past year. But I guess they also interviewed Kevin O'Connell, who's the Alvin's corner of the Rams too, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Though not a lot of news on the Texans front. Boo! You know, I didn't write a very good thesis statement to the show. I was gonna say we're gonna start with some coaching news, then some rapid fire divisional round stuff, and then we'll spend about fifteen minutes on each one of these uh, championship round games. So the rapid fire. So Cincinnati, Tennessee. Going back to last week, do you think? the Tennessee Titans can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, or should they maybe look to trade for Aaron Rodgers or draft a quarterback early in the upcoming draft? I would say draft a quarterback early here, and that's just because with Tannehill, it's it's really weird because you see him in certain playoff performances where he has been able to just be crazy on fire where he's throwing over the 300 yards to three TDs. It, last game was really bizarre, but it's also like what I told you where I just didn't never felt confident in the Tennessee Titans, where every game was close, and when it came to the Bengals, they were just able to pull it out in the end because their offense was better. I, I mean, kind I of. I just don't I understand mean, the Ryan Tannehill. I mean, what changed that game, though, was the three interceptions that were thrown by him. Like, that's really why the Bengals won that game. So, again, who had the better offense? I mean, they're both pretty bad. <laughs> they have the better offense. Don't even try to pull that. 
I, I mean, I guess is, so. Like they were both bad. Doesn't matter. One I mean, Bur- was Burrow was Burrow was sacked nine times. times. They had two good plays yeah. that game. The Joe Mixon cutback touchdown, and no, they had, the Bengals had three good plays that game. The Joe Mixon cutback touchdown, the the smoke throw against the cover zero blitz to Jamar Chase, where he made Christian Fulton miss, and then ran for like fifty two yards. And then the corner route, they hit the the game-winning field goal. They had three good plays. The Titans, I think, had four good plays. They had the four-man run. They had the two big throws to A.J. Brown. And uh, they had the touchdown run by Derrick Henry. Was that after the interception where it's allowed to... So that was was the change for it. Oh, yeah. So that's why that play happened, I still think that was the interception. Yeah, when it hits the ground, just because the he ball He had his hands. The ball didn't move. The no, ball was in his no, no. hands. When the ball is dragging across the ground, regardless if it moves, it is an no, incomplete but he, pass. but the ball hit his hands, and then it dragged it across the ground. what you are saying. It is an incomplete pass when it hits the ground simultaneously. It does not work that way. It never has. The ball, that was the biggest like it was. I feel like it was a catch, but they usually and don't call that as a catch. And a hill touchdown pass after. Oh my god! And then you belittle the Cincinnati Bengals offense. It was you know bad. What? They had a bad the offense. The Titans and the Bills lost because this is what you deserve. This is what you get because you you can't like even it. name what the Bengals offense did well. They didn't do anything well last week. They were able to get the ball down the field in order to kick field they, goals all game long. No, they did not. Yeah, they did. They had th- again. They had three good plays. They were also set by good field position because of turnovers. Like the the difference in that game were the Tannehill interceptions. And what I want to go back to, what I want to talk about the Tannehill picks is that go back and watching the video. The first interception was against cover three, and the deep middle safety reads a deep curl. It was the exact same route combination on the third interception too. Cover three, the cornerbacks are in the deep curl, pops in the air, creates the interception. The exact same, exact same sort of route, exact same defense against it. Um, they had Julio Jones on the sideline as well, too, on that third interception. The second one that Mike Hilton caught, all year long, the Titans have been running that RPO bubble screen. Um, they threw it to Chester Rogers earlier in the, that game, same formation, got three yards off of it. Um, and then Logan Wilson made, made a tackle, limited that play to three yards. In the red zone, same formation, they motioned into it. Mike Hilton comes down to the slot, shows off the edge. Tannehill takes a snap and throws it right away, and it gets picked off. And the NFL films, if you ever, if you want to see it, um, Mike Hilton's on the screen looking at like, they're going to run again, I'm going to catch that next time. And that's exactly what happened there in the red zone. So I think that here, like with Tannehill, I think they can win a Super Bowl with Tannehill, but they can't win a Super Bowl with Tannehill as their, head co- as their quarterback and Todd Downing as their offensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator, their offensive coordinator in Tennessee this year, their place, Arthur Smith, he should be in jail. He is absolutely, he's one of the worst offensive coordinators I've ever seen. Like, Arthur Smith left, had this great blueprint for it. This has been the most talent the Titans have had at their offense you know, during their run the last three years. And Todd Down was like, all the stuff that worked the last two seasons, we're not going to do that at all. We're not. We're going to run outside zone, and then we're going to go in the shotgun, and we're going to throw the pass to our you know, fourth and fifth wide receivers. You know what? I'll, I'll give you that, where the offense didn't make any type of sense, where it was really inconsistent throughout. I just, I can't believe in Tannehill. I just think that he'll always be kind of like a Jay Cutler, 
where I think he definitely cares more. But as far as talent wise, he's only going to get you to a certain point. He has a ceiling. Yeah, he's a, he's the I think he's the best complimentary passer in football. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not going to lead your offense, but your you know base like everything else goes well. Your running game does. You have talent around him. He's the best one of those quarterbacks. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I would definitely give you that all day. And it's I I think he had a good team around him. It's just the fact of it didn't seem like they wanted to lean too heavily on Derrick Henry. He didn't look so. right. Henry was Henry was still hurt. And like watching the video too, you watch Deontay Foreman, and just the speed is noticeable between the two last week. And so, like, after, like, 15 Henry carries, you're like, this is not working, you know? You wa- you're you in the playoffs. You have to win this game. Foreman had the big run, but he also had, I think, two runs of seven or eight yards as well. Um, just, like, noticeably had just more burst, looked better, looked a lot more comfortable in the offense. The problem is it was safer to run the ball than it was to have Tannehill throw it. In a Todd Downing offense, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, he made three great throws that game. and. Uh, yeah, the interceptions are what killed him, though. You make me sick. That was a catch. I hate you so much. I think I think it was a catch. I know they don't call that usually as a catch. I was surprised they kept the call. But I was saying, like, thinking about what a catch is, I think that's a catch. It I hits his hands, then it drags across the floor and never moves. It doesn't matter if it doesn't. It's, it's, like, it's like barely touching the grass like it this much. The at the same time. There, there are blades matter. of grass. You know? Mm-hmm. It's not like a carpet. It's not like it's turf at all. You can't skim the ball across the ground. It cannot do that. It's grass. It doesn't matter if it's grass. It didn't go like squish against the dirt. It just swept across the grass. No, it it wasn't like a tight little... Yeah, that's what it was. It was a... No, no. (sighs) That's what it did. That was a great play by Hooker, though. Hooker was awesome that game. I was also surprised by how bad David Long was, who's a really good coverage linebacker for him. And Christian Fulton both had their worst games of the year um, against the Bengals too. But the, I think that game and also San Francisco game were you know two big coin flip games where um, I still feel like the worst team won both those games. For which ones? Tennessee and then the Green Bay game too. The Green... Uh, I don't know about that. You're, wait, wait, you're saying like the worst team won that game? Both those games, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there are coin flip games where it just worked out that way where the worst team won. And that's what makes football great the same way, you know? I'm surprised you're saying that. I'm, And that's why I'm confused right now. I thought you'd be saying the Buffalo Bills getting screwed over a coin toss. No, I don't think so at all. Interesting. Okay, interesting. We're going to get in. Well, and I don't, I don't mean like, the coin, like they lost because of the coin toss. I just mean... Like, it was a game that could go either way, and these two teams just ended up winning it. So, San Francisco-Green Bay, um, like, I know you're very harsh about Aaron Rodgers' performance in that one. The way I feel about it is that I don't think he played poorly at all. I think he had one big miss on that third and 10, where there was the, the double safety blitz they brought, and he missed the dig route, and he threw that heave to uh, Devontae Adams, but... He had two receivers that game, Aaron Jones and Adams. That was it. I don't think he completely passed another wide receiver. After the first half, the weather got really bad. None of his receivers could run routes. Um, they couldn't run the ball at all either. And A.J. Dillon got hurt too. And it also felt like LaFleur didn't adjust to the weather at all. Like, watch the routes that San Francisco ran and the routes that Green Bay ran. And everything Green Bay ran was sideline and flat stuff. And San Francisco just ran quick like drags and slants in the middle of the field 
stuff like the footing isn't as important, you know? And like, I just put the Green Bay Packers wide receivers couldn't run routes at all in the second half. My entire problem is everything you just said means absolutely nothing to me because if the Green Bay Packers won, then everybody would be giving Aaron Rodgers that type of credit, saying that this is how great he is, this is what he does, blah, blah, blah. But it's the fact of since he lost, like I said at the beginning, the only thing people were talking about is, oh, is he going to stay or not? And people are giving him in a yeah. way of it. My, my entire issue is I agree with the weather, which, by the way, I love the weather setting. Oh, it was awesome. Why can't yeah, Green like, Bay that, win snow games in the postseason? Well, Why? That's the, the problem. It doesn't Matt, make it, any sense. It doesn't. And it's the fact of Aaron Rodgers, his record is 11 and 10 in the playoffs. And it's one in four in NFC championships. He didn't even make it to the NFC championship when having home field advantage. He is well, now. Last year he did. Well, he lost last year while having home field. But yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the same thing where it's always some, something that goes wrong where it doesn't have to be Aaron's fault. Last year, oh, it wasn't him running in. It was the fact that they decided to kick it. It's, it's always something, but. In the end, he's a guy who everyone says is great that doesn't get it done. It makes no sense to me. He has as many Super Bowls as Joe Flacco. He is no different. Yeah, I mean, if I, well, the Packers won this game. Would be If this is a different world where the Packers won, the conversation we'd be having right now is that um, Rodgers was incredible and he won that game. It'd be Garoppolo as a limited quarterback, and this is what happens you have Garoppolo as your quarterback. That'd be the conversation we'd be having. But the Packers lost that game really because they had the field goal blocked and they had the punt blocked. And they lost three points in the first half. Joey Bosa had that um, that rip against Dennis okay. Kelly, and then that led to the Crosby field goal that got blocked. And then in the fourth quarter, they had the punt blocked that turned into a touchdown as well. Ten players on the Green Bay. Yeah, on their on the San Francisco game winning field goal for their season. They had ten players on the field. It's absurd. That's. And I agree. I agree with your overall point that special teams is what lost. By the way, I didn't even notice that. Or, yeah, even look up that stat before. I don't even think you've mentioned it before. Do the Green Bay Packers really have, like, one of the worst special teams of, like, the entire season? Yeah, well, and their special teams coordinator, too, is, like, from the Citadel. And so yeah. it's like, I don't even know how he even got the job that he has. That's what everyone's like. He's been so bad throughout. They knew that this was their weak point. But if they knew that this was their weak point, why wouldn't they do it? I mean, 10 guys on the field on the very last play of your season, that is absolutely nuts. It doesn't make sense. Well, and even like, so the field goal block was interesting because they overloaded one side and Jordan Willis is their like, I don't know, probably like their sixth best pass rusher. And he knocked the, the wing player's hand down so he couldn't get a hand to shove Ward. So his hand gets knocked down. Ward has a free release. He didn't have to dive at all. He ran straight up to block that kick. The punt block, um, they overloaded one side. Willis went from head up with the guard, slants over. He's right in front of the long snapper. Nobody helps him. The long snapper weighs 225 pounds. Jordan Willis weighs like 287. And he, bull he walked him all the way back to the punter. His arms are like, he has like a 12-foot wingspan uh, and just sticks an arm up and blocks that punt. And that was like, that was the game, you know? No. And I love the, it's pretty funny though on the punt block because everybody seemed to have it like lost in the air because of the blizzard that was happening. And then it magically pops down and the 49ers. It oh, just yeah. stuck. Yeah, it just stuck in the snow. 
it was really funny to see that. I just, again, and you say like, oh, Jimmy G couldn't get it done. Jimmy G had well, I'm, like... I'm saying that's the conversation we would have had if the Niners yeah, yeah. lost. He threw for like 120 yards. Yeah, but he had Kittle over the middle there where Kittle dropped like a 30-yard pass. Yeah, that they was, dropped passes in the first half. Yeah, and usually it's blaming Jimmy, but Jimmy looked fine in the cold. But that's the thing is, Jimmy didn't look any different than Aaron. And Aaron is supposed to be, you have a guy who has been in Green Bay who is supposed to be used to the conditions going up against a California quarterback. And the California quarterback. Well, he's just, from Illinois, though. Jimmy's played so, in that weather before his whole life. He loves that weather. Oh, is that what it is? He yeah. loves that? Yeah, he's from Illinois. Uh, Don't they always say that Lambeau weather is no is different than any other weather? It doesn't make any sense to me. So Green Bay's DVOA, 32nd, and they get 5.2%. Good God. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, so like in my lifetime, I can name four really bad cold weather Packers losses at home in the postseason. Uh, last year, they were 25th in DVOA with the same you know, special teams coordinator. The one that Favre lost to the Giants in the snow. The one that Rodgers lost to the Giants at home. And that wasn't like a snow game, but the weather was terrible. And the Packers offensive line just got their ass kicked that whole game. And yeah. then, um, so that's two. And then this one that just happened also. It, it, it just shouldn't happen because you have the home field. You have the number one seed. You have everything you want. I just, and, and again. And it broke, I mean, it broke perfectly for them. Because they beat the, if they beat the Niners, they would have had the Rams this week. And they would have beat the Rams by like 17 points. And, and then they would have been able to go up against either the Bengals or the Chiefs, which they would have had a really good chance to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I, good old Aaron. Yeah, he's the greatest, right? I mean, I think, I mean, I don't think first he's the greatest at all. I think he's like probably the seventh best quarterback of all time. I wouldn't even put him there with one Super Bowl. You get nothing. Nothing. I think the thing about Aaron, though, is that he's made, like, he's carried a lot of bad teams, or, like, average teams, you know? Not even say bad, but he carried a lot of average teams. And also, he's just made so many, just, like, once-in-a-lifetime throws over his career, too, you know? Yeah, you know what? I'm really happy for him. You know what? You get number 25 on the list. <laughs> uh, I was laughing because they had that ESPN article where we had that phone conversation with ESPN. And it kind of just said exactly what we're talking about, like, you know, his uh, douchebaggery, you know, this past season. And I was saying that I feel like he's just playing it up and he's doing it just to make people mad. And they talked yeah. about that during the Monday night Manning Brothers telecast that he had that I'm Ram book on his bookshelf and he pointed to it. They're like, what books you got back there? He's like, I love this one. He's like, I've never read the book. The book weighs eight pounds. I just have on my shelf. And I just said that to make people mad. And they're like, oh, he's he's all, uh, he's right wing. Uh, capitalist because he he loves this book or whatever we hate him because i knew exactly this was that was what was going to happen so i think for sure that's what he was doing a lot of the time this season was just playing up the the echo chambers that we compartment compartmentalize ourselves into did you just give the douchebag an excuse? No, I think did that's what he's... Been, I said this four, four or five times this year. And he doesn't really mean it. He's like a ha-ha guy. I'm smarter than you. Matt, He's like you Andy Kaufman. What is the matter with you? What You know what? You're Green Bay. You're the NFL. Why don't you stay a little closer to the whole Aaron? What is your problem? I loved no, Aaron this year. I loved him. Douche. There is nothing that's excusable about anything that he does. He doesn't know what he does. Yeah, he, he does. Like, he admitted he himself. 
I think he's, he's just, just a lot of these things to make people mad. He believes the world is flat. Don't I don't think he it. believes that. And All if he I... said it, I don't think he'd even believe it. I think he'd just say it just to say it to make people upset. Matt, you are trying to give him an out for everything that he were to ever say from here on out then. Not necessarily. So said, I'm just talking so about this past year. Dumb. Oh, look, he meant to say that. He didn't really mean it, though. You're trying to give him an out for every single thing right now. You I think make for me... sure this past year is what he did. Hey, you think go back to McAfee, the McAfee vaccine thing. He hey, said yeah, seven. He, he said the seven top things make people upset. He hit all seven of them in a row. Oh, yeah. That's what he did. He yeah. just sucked. Such a comical guy, right? And then I, right. I went on Twitter that day, and it was the exact things people have been getting mad about for the last you know four months. And he said each and every single one of them. And it goes right. back just to the Iron Rand thing when he admitted that ESPN interview. Wait, he's a comedian? He should tell us a joke one time. He should, he should tell it's us a joke. It's not just being a comedian. It's just no, like no, understand I mean, the way things work right guy. now. I mean, it's funny. It's like his dark humor, right? You know what? I want to hear him tell me a joke because you think he's such a hilarious guy. He's not a joke teller, though. He's a performance artist. He's like you, Andy Kaufman. You can go to hell. I, I, oh my, oh my lord. I don't even want to look at you right now. I want to do this I've, just... And I've told you this before. No I've said this four well. or five times you this year. You haven't been able to give him an out for... You're giving him an out for everything. This season, yeah, I am. No, my This God. season, I am. I have no qualms with anything he did this season. Yeah, you know what? You should probably go make out with him. More people are upset with him than Antonio Brown faking a vaccine card this year. Well, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying like more people are upset about that than what Rodgers did, and it's pretty much the same thing. You know what? And, and all Rodgers said was that he was immunized. Hold on. Hold on. You're trying to say that people should be more outraged because the Joker... No, I'm not saying they should be more outraged. I'm not saying what people should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying that was the reaction to it is all. I'm saying nobody's surprised if Antonio does something dumb at this point ever. So Then why are you surprised whenever Rogers does something that this is how he's been talking for the last you know, four years, you know? Hold on. I'm not surprised that he's the ultimate douchebag and he would actually be a liar who just wants to say things. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the reason why... Dude, he, you're just one of his fanboys now. I'm not it, a fanboy. You're a fanboy. I'm not I, a fanboy I, at all. I just don't want to hear it anymore. I bet you, what is it, top seven? What, you you think that he just has the ultimate jokes? Everything was for show? He's the ultimate performer? You know what, Matt? Fine. Fine. I'm excited to watch him play football in Denver next year. Yeah, I can't wait for him to be the Jeopardy host again. I didn't watch him on there, so I don't know. I'm not Rogers uh -huh. fanboy. I don't watch one Jeopardy. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. Yeah. Um. So, Rams Bucks. Do you so you think Tom's gonna retire? Yeah, and it's because he's acting weird. And the reason why too, what the vibes that I got were the Timmy vibes, the Tim Duncan vibes. When Tim Duncan retired, it was his last game against Oklahoma City, where he didn't announce that he was retiring. Everyone just, oh, Timmy's gonna be back. But it was a weird type of deal yeah. where after the game, it wasn't the same type of reaction. He like he also like waved to the crowd. He came back in a blowout with like seven minutes left. Like yeah. He played the entire pretty much like the entire fourth quarter, you know, and they were down by like fifteen points. And it's also where with Tom in in this season overall, 
all he wanted to do was just keep bombing it and bombing it in a way like wanting to throw out his arm because I, man, I just, and the way he is speaking, I just can't see it at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, why else do it? That's interesting. I think it really kind of, I think the hard thing about their team right now is that they ran it back for this year kind of identically. They may lose Barrett next year. They probably can lose Godwin as well too. Uh-huh. And uh, you kind of saw like some limitations they had in their offense. Even that Rams game, just not having Godwin on the field though, not having that big slot receiver. And so, like, if he steps out, I think it's also just kind of like part of the situation too, where he says, "I'm not going to play for their team. I play for Tampa. If I play for Tampa, you know, we have these holes coming up, and it's not the same. You're pristine and large amount of talent anymore. It's like, do I want to go through all that, you know, all over again? You know, I think it's going to take a couple months to think about it." Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see it, you know, it makes sense if he does. Well, and it's also what I, I can't remember if somebody, I think somebody did report this where they asked Tom about doing a farewell tour and he said he wouldn't do it because if Tom had that in the back of his head where he already knew he was going to retire yeah. and he would, he wouldn't be just focused on winning. So then he would look weird. I feel like he would look like how he did in the, in the new England game this year where it was just awkward the entire time. I think he would have a whole season of awkwardness. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and it's I can I agree with that too. And it's like everything would be about him every game. It wouldn't be about the yeah. team at all. It would just be like, oh, this is the last time we see Tom here and in this stadium against this quarterback. And also, like he was great this past year, you know. And I don't want to watch Tom Brady have that Peyton Manning season where Peyton, you know, Manning's like purple tongue was carried by Von Miller. He won a Super Bowl that that last year, but he was awful. He was one of the four worst quarterbacks in the NFL. That last year he was in the NFL, won that Super Bowl. And so like I don't want to watch Tom Brady go through like a, a seven and nine season or I guess seven and ten season now, where he's dragged by a defense and his arm is shot and he's getting and he's taking a bunch of hits, you know, and all that too. Well, exactly. It's to your point. Do you want him to have a Drew Brees ending? Do you want yeah, to have I don't big, want to watch him look like Drew Brees at all? Big Ben ending? Ugh, and no. It you want to see, and in a way, he would go out on top where he was considered MVP. So, I mean, obviously, Aaron's going to get it, but I'm saying like he was in the discussion for being MVP at his age. So, what else? You're exactly right. He would only be able to go downhill next year. Yeah, I guess the only thing that would make me think he would stay there is just because his offensive line's incredible, and they may That's- lose Jensen. Like, I think they could get another center to replace Jensen. Um, like, their biggest problem, like, the first and second round, though, was just losing Worfs, you know, and having that hole at right tackle where he didn't have the same amount of time to, you know, throw the ball. That was really kind of what crushed him that first half against the Rams also. So, if he does stay, I think that'd be the big reason for him staying. Man, I just, whenever he was coming back, I was like, there is no way this is about to happen for him. I was getting so excited because, of course, he was going to pull it off with just Cameron Brake, Gronkowski. It, it was going to be the best thing of all time. And he just he didn't get the ball back. Yeah, that was kind of how this past weekend went, too. It was like the last team that had the ball won all four games, you know. You know, in all four games, they all had a kick in the last uh, four seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, like, I'm kind of, I'm done with all the quarterbacks from the last decade. You know, I'm done with Ben. I'm done with Philip. I'm done with Eli and Peyton and Drew. Um, you know, Tom is the best of the you know of all time. And so, like, if he stays again, we'll watch him. It'll be fun, I guess. But 
I think it'd be fitting for him to retire this year. I wouldn't miss him at all. But like, I'm very excited, though, for the future with the amount of young quarterbacks in the league right now, especially in the AFC. And so we have like this new guard coming up. And they're also just better athletes than what we had from the previous guard. You know, like Roethlisberger isn't anything at all compared to like Herbert and Lamar and Mahomes and Allen and Watson are, you know, whatever ends up happening with him too. So it's going to be you know, a lot of fun watching football for the next 15 years watching, you know, those five guys. Um, so Buffalo, Kansas City, I'm still sad, you know. I've been in a funk all week. Um, it's the most screwed up thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, so like I'm embarrassed by how I felt watching that game, Matt. It was gross. From the bottom of my heart, see you're being you're being an ass at the beginning, but now I'm gonna say I'm sorry for the Buffalo game because that's not funny, that's not fair, that's not right. And I, I truly, Josh was a man that game. It was legendary. And he, and he deserved to win that game. And to your point, though, earlier about the young quarterbacks, hopefully this is the sign that this is just going to be nonstop, where now you're going to have the Buffalo and Kansas City rivalry be just absolutely insane with these type of games. And Herbert, too. I throw Herbert in there. Herbert needs a little bit better when it comes to the offense. He needs a better offensive coordinator, yeah. He needs an offense that actually lets him throw the ball 75 yards down the field. Yeah, weird how the other two somehow have that. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing about Brandon Staley being the greatest coach in the world all last year. It's like they have the worst run defense in football because they don't have any talent at the defensive line position, and they play two high safeties, and they get crushed on the ground, and Rex Burkhead runs for 165 yards, and they miss the playoffs for it, and Joe Lombardi sucks, you know. I don't want to hear it. it, Exactly. Even uh, they were the validation for the Dallas Cowboys being good. So I hate them even more now. Yeah. Um, But like when Allen had that 14 play drive, that was 75 or 17 play 75 yard drive. That left two and a half minutes left. And the Chiefs had all three timeouts. And they all three timeouts. It was like, just let them score. Let them score. And then get the ball back. And then get, try to be the last team with the ball. And they pretty much did that because Hill caught that you know, that deep in route that he you know, torched everybody on to score and the Bills scored with eight seconds left and, and they had like a seven play, 75-yard drive. It took 43 seconds. Um, but I just, I couldn't get over how incredible he, he was in that fourth quarter, you know? No, and just like you said, and I also wanted to bring this up. Listen, I get Patrick Mahomes is great, but come on, Tyreek Hill is cheating. Yeah. Like, it's completely cheating where the moment you saw any type of space, it's done. Also, why isn't the, the Tariq Hill peace sign, how is that not taunting in the uh, rules that we have? You're not going to do that. And by the way, when he could, what I was just saying that there was two defenders coming at me. Either way, I just enjoyed you know, Tyreek. I, I think it was, and then they, he wore a glove that had the peace sign on his glove because this wasn't taunting, but this was. I don't understand that. There was something that happened earlier this year. I think that he was the big cheat code and one of the big difference makers. It's just the Buffalo Bills defense truly let Josh Allen down. It was disgusting. They They couldn't tackle. They couldn't rush the quarterback. Um, They played two high safeties the whole game to ensure that they didn't get beat deep, which is fine. You know, they were able to force like two field goals and give up touchdowns every play aside from that. 13 seconds should not have been done. 
I can't believe they gave Travis Kelsey a free release like that. What do you think he? Where do you think he's gonna throw the ball? Yeah, you see the corner turns and just lets him run free upfield, and they have it's, they have three guys deep down the middle of the field. He got fifteen yards. No one's even near him. He got twenty five. No, he got twenty five yeah. yards on that play. It, it was <laughs> dumb. The fact that okay, really, he had twenty five yards on that play. I thought Tyreek Hill had more yards. What did Tyreek Hill get on his first play? Like thirteen. Oh my! They're so stupid. You can't guard the one guy, but that's also the other thing: is why is Kelsey and Tyree Kill the ones that are making the plays at the end of the games? I get that they're the greatest. Don't get me wrong, but if you're the defense, especially a top five defense, you're supposed to be able to stop the best players or slow one of them down. Yeah, How I mean, you- they, the numbers are kind of blown. Like they they covered those too well, but like. Hill is always really good, even if he's in box court good because he creates open throws for everybody else. Well, but I mean, they did, but like it's oh, like his numbers were over exaggerated because that catch and then also yeah. the, the touchdown he had in overtime, too. You know what I mean? But I, I can't believe that they gave him a free release like that. But that's and then also they didn't squib the kick either. Oh, well, if you yeah, squib I... the kick, they have four seconds left, five seconds left. You know? In... That was also a big mistake considering it's not only I, I get you can look at it now from the outside view and make that type of call, but the three timeouts that the Chiefs still had is why you have to do it. Yeah. Like no matter what, they're gonna be able to stop the clock, so you have to give them less time that they're able to do Even it. Even if they have zero timeouts, you have to do it. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, but zero timeout, I'm not really worried about that then. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but did Josh Allen do it? Did Josh Allen do enough for you last weekend? Are you impressed? Finally? Yeah, and it was, it was very interesting that Stephon Diggs didn't really do anything at all. I mean, and, he just he just had their best corner over there, and so it allowed Gabriel Davis to go up against Mike Hughes, which he made him fall down. Um, and Fenton, that was the worst break I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like that's what like Diggs wasn't box score good, but he was very important for the offense because it gave Gabriel Davis mismatches like that. I just hated it because Josh Allen really did show that he is the up-and-coming in the AFC. He's been and, this for two years now, though. Yeah, but this he is has where, been for. I know like this is different than what just happened. Yeah. But he's been playing at this level for two years now. But he should have. But that's what I'm at least excited for when it comes to this game is that both him and Patrick Mahomes both showed the, of the quarterbacks we thought they were going to be all season. And in fact, both of them struggled. And, of course, the game to end their season was them truly playing at their best level. Yeah. Which yeah, is I agree. Can... Well, I, I feel like Allen outplayed Mahomes, too, last weekend. Yeah, he did. Like, he went to yep. Kansas City. He outplayed Mahomes on the road. Um, and, uh, it was, I mean, it's, it's probably the, it's the greatest football game I've ever seen in my entire life. It's up there. I don't know if I'm – because I would still put even the Tom Brady and the Atlanta Falcons uh, probably more up there. But when it comes to this game, you're exact. It was unbelievable. And, and we, you didn't even mention, because I actually want your opinion on this. So you agree with the overtime rules? Yeah, I'm no, I don't think overtime rules are a problem. Me neither. And if I you give a, up a touchdown, you should lose. Thank you. You know why, Matt? Because a touchdown is supposed to be hard to score. Yeah, you should lose yeah. and give a touchdown. If it's a field goal, fine. I like the way yeah. it was. If, it's a, if, it's, if, they, if Allen lost because of a field goal, they shouldn't win. Yeah. But they gave a touchdown, they should lose. And also, they had two chances to stop him at the end of the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? 
Uh, they had chances. They had three chances to stop them. They failed all three times. No, and that's where I think. I don't think they lost in overtime. They lost in the 13 seconds. Yeah, for sure. For I, sure. I mean, you completely demoralized them. And I, it's the fact of me having to say, oh, it's stupid. They don't get to touch the ball. It's supposed to be difficult. The defense is supposed to be able to do something. Even with all like the picks and like the memes or whatever, of, like them showing what the game should have been. It was like 145 to like 137. I don't ever want to see that. Yeah, yeah, the A and M thing. That also college overtime sucks. It's not football, um, and it's also I mean football is a violent game. It's a dangerous game to play. You don't want guys out there playing that game for seven quarters. You know what I mean? Because we have to go to eight points, or and we're kicking field goals back and forth, or whatever else. You know, I mean Buffalo had the chance to win it. They had three times to to stop Kansas City. They didn't do so. They gave up a touchdown. It's not an overtime rules problem. It's a Buffalo Bills defense problem. And it's great. Weird. It's it's McDermott not squib kicking as well, too. Weird that we're on the same page on it, though. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing for Buffalo, though, on their defense is they don't have, like, a... They have a lot of really good players. I think White's, like, their only true, like, impact player. But they just need, like, a, a really, like, outstanding front seven player. Their edge rushers weren't very good last week. They drafted, you know, Basham, Epineza, and Rousseau. None of them really made an impact in that game. And Oliver did. And he's probably their best, you know, defensive lineman. Um, like, he's an interior pass rusher. weighs, like, 295 pounds or whatever it is. Or 315, you know. And he's not Aaron Donald, but he's, like, very good. They just need, like, a... Just, like, a, I don't know. It's, like... I can't just say, like, they need J.J. Watt because that doesn't really exist out there. But they need, like, a Pro Bowl caliber edge rusher. Or like front seven defender who can lock down, like make impact negative plays, you know. So you're saying that they need a clowny watch? Oh, perfect. Oh, that's where clowny used to go as Buffalo. Unbelievable. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, we need clowny in Buffalo. He's a mercenary. He has, he can never stay at one team for longer than a year now after what happened. And why, you know what, you need to make this happen. So you should probably either, you know, Josh, you should probably DM him saying, hey, you need to invite this guy over to a training camp or to a workout. You guys need him. Because you know Josh Allen that well, right? Or just tweet at him. No, I don't know him at all. I would like to know him. Yeah, you know, you should probably get to know him. See yeah. what I'm saying? Hey, we need a clowny watch. And then put a picture of him. He and just, then see what he You know, also like, I mean... Uh, Allen's like Aaron Rodgers, too, where they just have interesting stories, you know? Nobody won them out of high school. They had to go play junior college. They had to go transfer out after junior college. Um, and they played their way into being a first-round pick. Yeah, and one of them's a big douchebag. It's fun. He just likes to question everything. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, Taylor. He likes to go to the Kentucky Derby. That's all he likes to do. Tom Brady goes to t- Kentucky Derby. Wes Welker is hot on MDMA at the t- Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's why there's no hating on Wes Welker. Yeah, I don't hate Wes Welker at all. Yeah, exactly. He played football like four years longer than he should have. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm sad about it, though. It was, uh, I was embarrassed how I felt, though. Like, I haven't felt like that watching uh, a sporting game probably since the 2012 World Series. I can only imagine what your emotion. That probably had to be the big. I wonder if you felt like Ray Allen hitting the three-point no. shot. I my thing though it's like I understand after that Rangers World Series like never think you've won until you've won, you know what I mean? 
Like I was just like sitting on the lay on the couch, like blanket over me. I was like, yeah, <laughs> go, come on, oh, you know, doing that sort of thing. And then uh, I was just devastated though. Like whenever they got the ball back with 13 seconds, and my wife was like, "This is really fun. This is great." I said, "They're gonna do." It. I was like, "Don't say anything yet. Like it's not over, you know." Patrick Mahomes is an absolute, absolute fire-breathing seconds. dragon. It doesn't start- matter. No. It doesn't matter. Oh, I, I never just, felt like the Bills had won. Uh, with 13 seconds, I truly felt like Bills should have this. I said I they never should have felt, it. Yeah, they should have it. I never yeah, said they have it, though. It, it, just, just, it doesn't make any type of sense. No, I don't it doesn't. Understand. I never said they have it. I, yeah, of course they should have had it. I never seen yeah. that happen. I was just so happy for Josh, you know, for how how much he's gone through to get to this point his grown. NFL career. How much how much grown. he's grown, you know? Yeah, I've watched him grow from leaping over Anthony Barr to you know the player he is now. Everybody hating him for the last three years and everything else, and then now they love him after every all the bad words I heard them say about him. I'm just very happy for him, and also I'm very sad at the same time. But um. We'll we'll do it again next year, I guess. Man, I can only imagine if he lets you down again. He didn't let me down at all. He's never let me down. He always lets you down. That's why he's never been able to get to the big game. I, and this in a season. I don't care. Imagine if you went up against Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my god. They would have won forty one to seventeen. They would have destroyed Cincinnati, I will say that. Yeah. Um yeah, they would have. But it's like it's not about winning the big game sometimes. Sometimes it's about winning, you know, that last game. So we're going to start here. That was some very intelligent stuff. Uh, it's not about winning the big game sometimes. It's about winning the last game, you know. That was beautiful. I'm not, I, don't, I don't care that much about championships. You know what I mean? As much as some people do. Um, I just really wanted to win that game, and here we are. Championships matter, Matt. Stop it. Yeah, of course they matter, but I don't know. I think people still get so wrapped up in who won, who lost. There's a lot of, you know, things that get overlooked whenever you think like that. So we have Niners-Rams. No, let's do Bengals-Chiefs. That's the first game. So we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Um, Last time these two teams played, the Bengals won by three points. They kicked like a 17-yard field goal. They were the last team to have the football. And it worked out where they got down to the one-yard line. They had four plays. There was an offsetting penalties. That led to another fourth down. And on that, the next fourth down that happened, there was a Kansas City Chiefs defensive penalty that allowed the Bengals to have another set of downs. And they just pretty much ran the clock out, clocked it, won with the game-winning field goal. It was kind of the opposite of the Bills game last weekend where the Bills didn't, weren't the last team on the ball the Chiefs were. And they kind of lost because of it. How much are you kind of taking away from the Bengals being Kansas City earlier in the year to them having a chance to pull off the upset this weekend? I take nothing. I mean, it was too close of a game. And, and I'm kind of expecting that it's going to be very similar where it's a shootout. That's what at least I'm hoping for. I feel like I've been wrong on every single game that we predicted, at least for last week. But with this game coming up, I'm hoping that it's going to be another shootout between the offenses, between quarterback and quarterback. Where hopefully Joe Burrow is able to pull this out. I just, I'm not putting a lot of stock into it because with last game in the Kansas City Chiefs, that was just such a flawless performance there at the end where it now turned them into, are they back to that juggernaut stage? 
I'm hoping Bengals can match that. I It's just hard for me to truly buy into it. Yeah, I think the only way the Bengals can win this game is if Jamar Chase goes sicko mode like he went last time they played. Last time he had 11, 11 catches on 12 targets for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he had 1,113 yards before the catch, 153 yards after the catch. And that, like, he had, you know, the slant route that he ran for 75 yards. Um, but, like, all Burrow did was just throw him vertical routes and throw back shoulder, and Chase just jumped over defensive backs over and over again. And that's what it's going to take for them to win this game. Well, and I completely agree. It is going to be a lot of Jamar Chase and them just going back and forth. By the way, I mean, the three TD performance, that just is amazing. You would hope that he's going to be able to do it, it again. It was like Randy Moss, you know? It, it was, and that's where it, I think it was even us where we said, yeah, he was for sure lying at the beginning of the season then about those bad hands and dropping passes. I think, that was all- I think the media lied to us. You know, they, they are the enemy of the people, you know? I agree. I just, I'm hoping that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to at least slow the Kansas City Chiefs down. Hopefully Joe Mixon can get something going. I just, I... This is all depending on Joe Burrow, and I don't think he's going to be sacked. But Mix, I mean, Mixon didn't run the ball very well against the Chiefs earlier, been. and the Chiefs don't have a very good run defense at all. Mixon didn't run the ball very well against Tennessee. He had, I think, you know, three two. good runs, and he had that great cutback where there was like three tight ends defenders that didn't fill the backside well um, that lets that touchdown. I mean, they didn't do much on the ground at all against Kansas City earlier in the year. And like Higgins is great, and like whenever you get Higgins against Fennin, and Higgins against Hughes, like those are the matchups you have to take. Uzoma's gonna be a good, you know, short middle thrower to create first downs against their zone defense. Also, I think there there's one there's two problems here though for Cincinnati. One is the run defense, and the second is the pass rush. The Chiefs did a really great job blitzing against empty sets. The Titans did the same thing to, in their path to sack Joe Burrow nine times last weekend. The problem the Chiefs had in their first matchup is they just didn't bring them down enough. Um, and I think the Chiefs should probably do a better job just tackling Joe Burrow this time whenever they blitz him heavy um, in this matchup. Then also they have a, they don't have an answer for Chris Jones. We just watched Jeffrey Simmons have three sacks and three quarterback hits and eight tackles. Chris Jones is a little bit better than he is, um, and if they put him at defensive tackle, he had a great game against them earlier in the year too. And so I'm just kind of concerned about the blitzes and then Chris Jones in the interior and their lack of run game. I don't understand how you cannot because Joe Burrow is eventually going to die if he's getting sacked nine times. And the fact that he was only able to, what was it? So he was sacked nine times and he was, what, he made thir- nine incomplete passes? So in the end, it's, it's just incredible for the fact that he had one interception and taking that much punishment. So even if I feel like Kansas City, if they somehow are able to bring him down this time around, as long as Joe doesn't get hurt, I think Joe still is able to put the ball on the spot he's needing. Because to your point, I think, I mean, I love Uzuma. I just love it so much whenever he catches a big third down pass. And it's always where you're hoping Jamar Chase has that big play. But the fact that he has Uzuma as that safety target, and then, of course, Higgins kind of has been quiet. So mm-hmm. there also could be a splash. To your point, though, on Mixon, he was bad in Oakland as well. I'm hoping, though, against the Kansas City Chiefs that this would be a defense he could make something happen because if not, 
I really hope Joe doesn't take more punishment. If he gets like five or more sacks, there's got to be some type of record for this in the playoffs. Yeah, so he was sacked nine times, hit 13 times. And like you mentioned, he only had nine incompletions, averaged 9.4 yards in attempt, threw for 348 yards, becomes out to a total of 280 passing yards when you account for the sacks as well too. Um, There's some talk that like, yeah, the pass blocking isn't good, but Burroughs did a better job not taking sacks. There wasn't anywhere to really go for the ball on some a lot of those throws they took sacks on. And also the pass rush was so fast immediately there. There wasn't much he could do, too, on a lot of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, too, on the mixing stuff. And, you know, the, the Bengals are similar to the Dolphins where they have one NFL-caliber offensive lineman. The Bengals have a right guard that's NFL-caliber caliber and hunt. The Bengals have one and left tackle, Jonah Williams. Their left guard isn't, their center isn't, their right guard isn't, their right tackle isn't, since Prince replaced Reef. And so um, it's just a mess, you know what I mean? And like as good as their receivers are, as good as Mixon is as a pass catcher, as like, you know, pretty good of a play caller Taylor's been times this year, I just don't, like they haven't been good this postseason, you know? They won two really kind of games that they should have probably lost because they made their field goals. And it's insane that they're in the AFC Championship game right now. Yeah, but in a way, it's it's kind of like a trap with the Kansas City Chiefs because everyone's expecting the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to demolish them. Where, by the way, what is the spread? Seven. Yeah, see, they're expecting the Kansas City Chiefs to demolish them. So it's going back to nobody's. I believing think it in the should pick. be like thirteen. And remember, the Kansas City Chiefs are usually a team that never, ever, ever covers. It should be like 13. Wait, what do you mean it should be 13? I don't think so. The, think the so Chiefs far. are like a crappier version of the Titans team in 2019 that went to the AFC Championship game and lost the Chiefs. I wonder what you're going to do when the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. I'll be happy. I would love to see them there. Instead of Patrick Mahomes so that we can have more of his lovely fiance and lovely brother. She's a Medusa. And then we talk about Jackson Mahomes and he's a... He he's a Illuminati humiliation ritual, you know. And are those with the dance star? They're the ritual dances. Yeah, because they're like it's all there just to humiliate Patrick Mahomes so he can join the Illuminati, you know. That's why he always shows the three eyes. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. the one eye. You gotta do the one eye. Yeah, that's what it is. And then his ladies popping champagne bottles after the divisional game. That's yeah, sweet. Sp- spraying the peasants, you know. Yeah, of course. Ivory Tower. That's what you do, because if somebody had a champagne bottle up there and sprayed her, she would love it, too. That's what, yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's all you gotta do. She would love it. That's what she, she wants to do to the peasants. She wants to do it to everybody, including herself. So somebody should do it back. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about Mahomes is that I, I like Mahomes as a player. I have no problems with Mahomes. I'm tired of his commercials. I'm tired of the State Farm commercials. The sneakerhead commercial drives me insane. It's that one, that ghost one. Those two about the CBS Ghost Show, those two drive me insane um, so far this postseason. But it's like everything else around Mahomes just makes me not like Mahomes. Well, yeah, I know. And it's like what I said before the show, too. What I love about Mahomes more than anything, because I'll talk about all the smack, because I agree with you on the commercials. If I hear another Patrick Price again, I'm going to Patrick Price somebody in the face. Yeah, Boy. I got your Patrick Price right here. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes, so after the game of the Buffalo Bills, immediately when the game ended, he ran over to Josh Allen to give him a hug. He didn't do anything else. It was very sweet. He, 
He didn't go and celebrate with his teammates to give him a high five. He went and go hug Josh to go talk to Josh. That was a great little sentiment. And then you go into the stands where then you have douchebag wife popping champagne. Yeah. Patrick, you got to do something about the family. They're making me hate you, and I have no reason to hate you. I think CBS has done a better job making me not like him, though, than his own family does. I'm just tired. Like, look at Mahomes' arm angle. Nobody's ever done it before. Oh, look at look at this. Nobody, wow. He checked it down to the flat. That's his progression as a passer. I don't care. I don't need to watch him sing birthday birthday songs. I don't need to see his whole backstory as a child. I don't need to see that. I don't care. Yeah, but Matt, did you know Patrick Mahomes' favorite color is blue? Good. And I know he likes ketchup. I don't need to know this either. I don't even know that's true. <laughs> I, I know he puts ketchup on his steak. And he puts ketchup what? on everything. Yeah, it's a Mahomes thing. He loves ketchup. That's Great. not a Mahomes thing. Man, you know what? You need it. You don't do that. You don't do that. You're spoiling the meat now. We don't do that here. Yeah, I don't know. I like a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of mayonnaise, you know, mixed together. My bag likes wieners in his chili. What's beans in the chili people get mad about? And that's the only way to eat chilies with some beans in there. Um, also, would you fire McDermott, though, after last week? No, why would I fire McDermott? I don't know. I'm, feel, I'm pretty let down by the last two years, though. Yeah, but I'm not going to fire. Why am I going to fire him? Because somebody did something in 13 seconds? Yeah, but it's because of his own decisions. Like He runs that defense with Frazier. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I just far. don't know if he's the coach that can get him there. I mean, again, though, it's 13 seconds. I don't, And it was Kansas City. I know what you're saying, that he runs the defensive side of the ball, and, it was the, and we're talking about how they blew it. And last I, year, Lashley lost because they kicked field goals in that game against Kansas City. This year they didn't, and that was why they were able to you know, st- uh, keep up with them and not get, not fall too far behind to allow the fourth quarter they had, though. But I just don't know if he's the coach that's going to get them to that spot. I just don't know who else you're going to get, though. I don't know. You got you to be able to have somebody that didn't have Maybe Byron Leftwich can be the head coach, and they can fire the GM, and they can get Adrian Wilson there in Buffalo. <laughs> you're saying Byron Leftwich is going to be able to take them past to but the Super only, Bowl? But only if they fire the GM, too, though. Okay, that'd be amazing. All right, Byron, we want to interview you. Yeah, so you need to fire this guy. Byron, why do you keep doing this? He's the best GM in the NFL. He needs to get out of here. I don't like the way he looked at me. Yeah, um, but going back to Kansas City, the Bengals couldn't sack him at all last time they played. It was the same thing as that Buffalo game. He would just step up and run. He had no problems with the pass rush. That was also with Orlando Brown being out of the lineup in that Kansas City game they played earlier in the year. They ran the ball really well against them. The only thing the Bengals did really good on defense was that they limited Hill to 40 reception yards and Kelsey 25 reception yards. But Hardman, Pringle, and Robinson combined for 121 yards. And they also you know, ran the ball for like 140 yards in that game as well too. And so it's like, I think this is the best game plan to have. Do everything you can to limit you know Hill and Kelsey. Let Pringle and Hardman go up against our you know, Eli Apples of the world. Um, we're fine with that. I just don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off you know, again, too. And I'm still just, the, just the lack of pass rush they had in that earlier matchup gives me a lot of concern as well for this game to be like a fun, like kind of close game even. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm expecting, because again, it's going into it where nobody is picking the Bengals. 
where I agreed with your earlier point where if they were going up against Buffalo, this would have been a slaughter. Kansas City should be the team that the Cincinnati Bengals can end up beating. This is kind of their best hope as well because the Chiefs don't have a defense. They just don't, and they are playing a little bit better than before. It's just, I I think this, and by the way, is Tyron Matthew coming back? Yeah, he's back. Okay, so at least they're still going to have some guys in the backfield. I just think that this is the game that Cincinnati's able to be able to pull off with this offense. At least Cincinnati's defense is not going to do anything because, to your point, if they can't touch Patrick, you're not going to be able to do anything against Patrick. And it's like you can't. And I couldn't get over how many times the Chiefs held last weekend, and then also how many times that they got close to him and couldn't bring him down. It was insane. Like his balance is absurd at the quarterback position. And it's going to happen this game as well. And it's because if you're the defense, you usually just choose two different types on how to be able to play him. Do you take away just the deep pass where then he just throws little quick passes all the way down the field? You're pretty much choosing your poison. You just have to be able to hit him. And if you can't get after him, then you can't do anything. The only thing you have to hope for then is earlier in the season when he was off. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, that's true. And then, I mean, the the Bucks are the only team to ever like really rattle him too with their um, front last year as well. So I don't think this is the team that can play like how Tampa Bay did last year at all. Um, again, it, it just comes down to Higgins, Uzoma, Boyd, and Chase. And Chase has to go sicko mode. So I'm going Kansas City 41, Bengals 31. I don't think this game is going to even be that close at all either. I just don't think the Bengals are that good. I'm going same score as before. 34-31, Bengals. So you're picking Cincinnati? I'm picking Cincinnati. All right. Cincinnati? It doesn't matter. I got seven points anyways. Yeah, that's true. Dude, it's not going to be no seven point. Kansas City is not covering that. I think for sure they are. No, they are not covering seven points. That is insane. I think they're going to kick the crap out of them. I don't think so, because you're expecting Bengals not to then score the ball at all. I think they're going to score some, but I think the defense is in a bad spot for sure. And like, it's up to Jamar Chase going sicko mode. But I don't think that the Chiefs defense are sitting pretty. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be better than how they performed last time, though, to a certain extent. I'm going to be really disappointed if this is like not had, a shoot. They had two huge like runs after the catch in that last game, you know? Completely agree, and I don't think that it's going to happen like that with Jamar Chase. I just... This is Cincinnati. It has to, though. It has to. Like, Chase this, has to have 200 receiving yards for this game to be close. No, no. Higgins Chase have, ha- no, Chase has to be like Josh Allen in this game. No. Yeah. No, Mixon needs to be like Josh Allen in this game. No, Chase Surprise needs to be. World. Shock him. Chase needs to be like Josh Allen in this game for them to have a chance. By the way, I'm picking the Bengals just so you can have a chance. All right. So the next game we have here, Niners-Rams. The Rams are three and a half point favorites. Um, the Niners are a really bad team for the Rams to play. They swept them this year. I think they swept them last year too. And you may give you a long list of reasons why the Niners give the Rams such a tough spot. Yeah, give it to me. So the Niners have a really good short middle passing game like we saw last week. I mean, even that Cowboys game too, it's a lot of slants and posts and drags to the middle part of the field where they're able to get yards after the catch, break a bunch of tackles. Um, 
they're going against a defense that's like a too high defense that you know is mainly out there to limit the vertical passes. You know what Jimmy doesn't do? Throw vertical passes. So it's like oh. you have this defensive shell set up that doesn't even really affect this quarterback at all whatsoever. The Niners pass block pretty well, especially in the interior. Um, they should Trent Williams will be back in this game too. They break a lot of tackles, get a lot of yards after the catch. And they also stress a Rams defense that's top heavy. You know, they have like four really great players on it. They have like five guys who are okay. And they have a lot of late round picks, everything else after that. And so you have to cover eight guys on this Niners defense. And it just really gets a lot of mismatches later on in the lineup. Like being able to attack like Dayton and um, and Long as well too. Their linebackers a little bit slower in that regard as well. So the yak problems and the tackles that the Niners break are a big issue for them. That outside zone game and the split toss game they run are really kind of tough for the Rams front to be able to defend too. Which is kind of like the amount of, they don't have a lot of speed at the linebacker position um, at those spot at those spots also. And like Shanahan's just good at creating routes that are able to kind of get into the the holes their zone covers that they use as well. And uh, I also think. Debo Samuel is probably like the sixth best, sixth best running back in football. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Okay, so all the points that you made, I completely agree with. The only thing I'm going to disagree with overall is probably your ending to this. And that's just because with them sweeping them in the regular season, I just think it's extremely hard to be able to beat a team three times in a row. Where yeah, I think I've heard it, that before. I just don't know the numbers it, it, on it. Well, uh, the only numbers I can give you is the Dallas Cowboys sweeping the New York Giants and then the playoffs, them beating us. But when it comes to this type of situation, I agree. I, I think the game, and I'm very surprised, I guess because it's home field, is favoring the Rams when it comes to that spread. Because even earlier in the season against the 49ers, the Rams were blown out. I mean, they were crushed. Yeah. And so you're wondering then if the Rams are going to be able to put up the points because. I'm still not confident in Stafford. I think last week against the Tampa Bay Bucks, it was probably the weakest secondary he's going to be able to. I mean, that last play to Cooper Cup, good Lord. You got to be able to stop one thing, and you couldn't even do that. I don't, but I don't mind that play call either, the blitz in that one. Like, Ryan's has done that all year long, where they blitz, you know, go a big blitz on third down, and it works, and that's what Todd Bowles did, you know? Matt. Um, I'm I'm not gonna just leave Cooper Cup wide open middle field. Well, I mean, he had a running star against a safety standing still in that yeah. one. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that as uh, a play. So it's well, yeah. I mean, that's just what happens when you big blitz, and you should have a cornerback in front of Cooper Cup instead of a safety standing still while he's running full speed off the line of scrimmage. Um, so this is according to sports.stackexchange.com. So a team, the times where a team has won three times in one season, it's happened 17 times since 1950. The last time it happened was in 09 when the Cowboys beat the Eagles. Um, in 08, the Steelers beat the Ravens three times. In 04, the Rams beat the Seahawks. In 02, the Steelers beat the Browns. In 2000, the Giants beat the Eagles. In 99, the Titans beat the Jaguars. So it hasn't happened in a long time, though. And wait, wait, do you have the losses? Like, do you have the losses if, when you beat the team twice? No, I don't have it. Ah, uh, but yeah. So that's really my only theory behind the Cowboys. This. Are the last time a team lost in the situation, I guess. Well, it, 
for for some reason the NFC East always has to work out this way. Yeah. They always have to be the laughing stock. I love it. I just think that when it comes to the Rams and what they're going to be able to do against the 49ers, it's going back to they have to be able to strike first. And the 49ers have gotten away with being able to play against the Dallas Cowboys, who are in a way phonies, and just the, their record shows what their division is. While then in the Green Bay game, it's interesting because what you were saying earlier, it then goes back to, well, was it weather, which is why they were able to get away with that victory. So now you're going up against the Rams where they're at home, where you're hoping now that the Rams are going to be able to put pressure on Jimmy, strike first, make Jimmy come back from more than just three points. Yeah, but I mean, he came back. Last time these two teams played, the Rams went up by 17 in that game. Wait. Again, I'm just trying to make arguments when it comes to the Rams only because I bet a set of golf balls on them. Okay. But overall, I agree with your point on the 49ers. And I actually said for my Super Bowl was the 49ers versus the Bengals. But I'm probably going to have to change that because I made the bet. But still, that's what I think. Yeah. That's the last team to do it actually was the Saints beat the Panthers three times in 2017. It's because Panthers suck. Yeah. So that time it happened. Um, but just like, I guess the other thing about this one too, is the Niners have a great run defense this year and they play cover seven defense. And so like really the, the best way for the Rams to attack that is to hit those like dig routes over, you know, Fred Warner, but he's so good at covering that middle, the deep middle part of the field. And so you can't throw short middle against the Niners because of Fred Warner. And like what they did against the Packers last week, they forced everything to the flat and they just came up and made tackles you know, time and time again. And so really, like, you just have to wait until you get a blitz against them on third down, get one versus one situations, and then have Cup or Odell Beckham, you know, win those spots. I think Vance Jefferson's really important for the Rams in this game. Not necessarily, like, his production, but just his speed, being able to use as a decoy to create openings in their zone defense, too. And the Rams have had some problems pass protecting on the interior. I know Whitworth's going to be back, but he was hurt last week, and he's 40 years old. And uh, this is a, a Niners you know, front that goes like eight deep as far as their pass rush goes. And then they're going to have problems pass protecting against the Niners too. And like you mentioned with Stafford, he's had some really bad halves the last like six weeks of the season. He had, a, he had a bad first half against the Cardinals. He had a bad second half against the Bucks. Um, he had a bad second half against the Niners in week 18. He had a bad half against the Ravens as well, too, and he threw that bad pick. He's just had some halves that just are have been atrocious, you know? Well, they're extremely questionable, and that's because what we talked about even earlier where I brought up on the first game of the playoffs where Matthew Stafford only threw 17 times, completed 13 passes, where even with last game, I, he was about to lose. Granted, not his fault because his entire team with Akers and even Cup were just trying to lose the game overall for him. So he did have a impressive performance where he outgunned Tom Brady. So it's obviously give him the pat on the back for that. This is just so much pressure because nothing is on the 49ers where nobody believes that Jimmy G is going to be going to a damn Super Bowl. So everything is on Matthew Stafford and the Rams to be right. I'll, I'll ask you this, though, Matt. Even if they were to lose, though, are the Rams – is it a successful season for the Rams? Yeah, I think so. Even with all the money, even with all the draft picks, even with everything they've given up? Yeah, I think so. 
And if that is the case, then, they, I mean, so I, it'd be different. This is their like third year at Stafford. You know what I mean? Like it's his first year. There are some bumps along the way and everything else that goes along with it. But yeah, I mean, this team is built every year to win a Super Bowl. And that's where we're now with Stafford hoping to gain confidence from last game. Odell wasn't catching passes in the regular season. Odell is now turning into a big deal for Matthew Stafford, where all of a sudden he is catching more than just three passes. So you say Vance Jefferson's going to be the big factor. Well, I just mean I, like, I just mean as a decoy, especially just like running a deep post route, pulling a corner, pulling a safety with him, and then opening up other routes underneath for you know Cup and Beckham. You know, if I'm wondering because I just feel like that the 49ers are going to be able to stop Cup which I thought the same thing with the Bucks, hoping that they would just, you know, block up the entire time the Cup just destroy them. I don't think you can stop him. He's too good. It may be, but you would think you would just go all out for him and allow Beckham to just beat you. It's just an, trip I, I think he's just one of those guys that's just too good. It's annoying how good of a blocker he is, too. That's true. Like, he's well. like the perfect football player. Are you saying that because he's white? No, I'm not saying that because he's white. I'm <laughs> saying that because he's undrafted out of Eastern Washington, and it's annoying how good of a blocker he is. He's like six foot one. Well, no, and I, I completely agree with you. And Odell needs to be able to have a big game because if Cup is going to get his, Odell is going to need to be able to back because somebody has to be able to put more pressure oh. on the 49ers defense. For sure. And the 49ers defense, I think, is going to be able to get after Stafford. I think the 49ers. I think so too. I think the 49ers are going to be able to pull this out. So he was drafted in the third round. He wasn't undrafted, but he was drafted in the third round. Um, from Eastern Washington. Well, then that's not even that bad. Third round's fine. Yeah, I, round. I think I think it was the NBC telecast. It was like, yeah, he was undrafted there at Eastern Washington. You know, yeah, I want to see what his um, what his stats were at Eastern Washington. Did you ever hear from him on Eastern Washington at all? No, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, but third round pick actually means though he had some stats there. Yeah, especially from a small school like that. So if he was at a big school, then that means he probably would have been a first rounder. I bet you he had some stats there. Oh, I want to hear about his early years. All right, so his last year at Eastern Washington, 117 catches, 1700 yards, 17 touchdowns. Oh my god! Oh, his freshman year, 93 catches, 21 touchdowns, 1600 yards. He had 428 catches, 6,464 yards, 73 touchdowns at Eastern Washington. He's the clear leader in FCS history in touchdowns and receptions. Yes, if he was in a bigger school, he would have been a first-round draft pick. He's the greatest college wide receiver of all time. Yeah, what the hell is that? (laughs) What in the world? He was undrafted. Go to hell. Yeah, what in the world? Um... But I, I, if the Niners, we talked about in the preseason, I thought it'd be a Super Bowl caliber team with the idea of Trey Lance being there and then it ended up being Jimmy. And I kind of got shut down with them. And here we are. It's Jimmy, yeah. their Super Bowl contender. You mentioned with the Rams being a Super Bowl contender this year. I thought it'd be a playoff team. Um, here we are. And now they're both in the NFC Championship game, you know, too. Uh, but like going back to Jefferson, that. You know that 70-yard touchdown pass that Stafford had to cup in the first half of that game? Jefferson ran a skinny post. It drew the it drew one safety. The other safety was watching him because of Stafford's eyes. And they're playing cover two, and then it led to 
cup being wide open down the sideline. So that's just what I mean by him being used as a decoy just because of how much speed that he has. But it's like, I I get what you're saying when he's supposed to be the distraction. It's like, I'm really not. If I'm the defense, I'm not fearing Mitch. I'll put a guy on him. For he's sure. Gonna do, he's going to catch two passes. He's probably going to run run the wrong route. I don't trust him at all. Maybe so. Um, I don't think the Rams are going to run the ball at all this game either. And like they're, know, like, they, they're like a run-pass-balance team, you know? They're a big play-action outside zone team. I think the 49ers are easily going to be able to stop the run to your point. I don't think Akers going to get much, and Akers was not that good last game. Yeah, and, he's not. I mean, he's still hurt. Michelle's awful. Michelle, man, talk about just not. They, I don't know why they hate. We've talked about this like 12 times, but I don't know why they hate Darrell Henderson so much. I thought he was like hurt or something. He's supposedly, he's supposedly healthy again, but they never like to play him. And they're not even playing him for a snap. Are you sure he's healthy? That doesn't sound right. He was active. Sean McVay should have at least used him for a play, too. No, That's no. weird. He doesn't like he's, him, though. He's a genius guy. Um, so I'm going to make my pick. I think the Niners are the perfect team to beat the, beat the Rams, you know, with how their passing tack works, with how many skilled players they have. With their offensive line, their pass protection, with their pass rush. I think this is a game where it's Matthew Stafford and the shotgun versus the Rams cover seven defense. And I just think the Ram the Niners pass rush is just too deep with the issues that they have pass block on the interior. I'm not, I'm concerned about Whitworth being out there old like he is too. Um I think I'll probably play Note Bloom in this game instead for it. But I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be uh very upsetting that we're going to get the Super Bowl we're going to get. So I'm going to go Niners 26, Rams 23. You know what? I'm not I'm not that shocked by you here. And let's make this fun. So I agree with all your points. Like I said, I think that this is actually the perfect storm for the Rams. I think they are just waiting where the 49ers are coming, where nobody's going to be expecting them. I said the 49ers wouldn't win anything with Jimmy, so I'm going to have to stick by this. This is the preseason bet, so I'm going the Rams, 33. I'm going with Jimmy and the 49ers, 25. All right. I like it. How funny it would be, though, if they go to the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo, and they just trade him next year anyways. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, everyone says that no matter what Jimmy does, either way, he is going to be gone next season. It's crazy. So, in, in a way, he's just, the 49ers front office is just saying, yeah, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It's crazy. Uh, what Super Bowl do you want if you had to pick a matchup right now between these four teams here? Probably the 49ers and the Bengals, because I don't think anybody would know what to do. Yeah, I think- I think everybody would lose their mind just going crazy, being like, oh, my God, who do we pay? Oh, my God. It's, oh and my- it's also like a 1988 rematch, too. Yeah, I think that would be probably the best matchup because it would nobody would know. Everybody would just have fun with it. Because who the hell cares? I, mean, I, think, I think the best matchup would be Rams-Chiefs, but I think like the funnest, like bizarre, most bizarre matchup would be Niners-Bengals, of course. I just think, man... Maybe I'm wrong here. I just think that if the Chiefs and the Rams go up against each other, the Chiefs are going to demolish them. Mm, I don't think so. I just think that the Chiefs had a better offense. 
Yeah, but like the Rams can actually run the ball against them. Um, they can throw deep passes, which the, the Chiefs have had some problems defending too. Aaron Donald would have like a tougher game against them. Um, which should make that kind of interesting too. But yeah, I think that could be a, like a, a 42-35 Super Bowl. God, I would not want to do that. An L.A. team versus Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. The coverage of it would be just too intense. I wouldn't want to watch. The I, don't, I mean, I don't want to watch Niners Chiefs. Yeah, I know. You have to put it on mute. <laughs> it's not going to be fun at all. Like, we watched that game already. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to be able to watch it with you. I know. So it's going to be a good time. I've, I've watched, well, I mean, like, I've, we watched that Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't want to watch that again. Yeah, we're going to do it again. I know. I just think that this is probably a worse Niners team than that team was two years ago. You say that now until they go to the Super Bowl. I, I guess, like, Ayuk and Samuel are better than the receivers they had two years ago, which is the one difference, but their pass rush isn't as good. Um, their quarterback play is probably about the same, you know. I didn't mention this, but you touched on him. Man, Debo is incredible, though. Yeah, he is. Hey, I would say that I would agree with you on the sixth best running back. He's just he's the best of both worlds. I just think that he is one of the most talented type of players you could have. Like, what is he? A gadget guy? You call him no, a gadget? No, he's just uh, like a running back like wide receiver. Sk- yeah, <laughs> he's like Quirrell Patterson. Gotta be like a slash mark for his position. Yeah, he's like Quirrell Patterson. There's that play in that second Rams game where Ramsey was like eight yards off the line of scrimmage, ran full speed into Samuel, knocked him like a step out balance for like the tackle for a loss. Um, full speed, leaves his feet, gives him everything he has, bounces off him and falls to the ground, and Samuel walks out bounce. Like nearly unfazed. Like Ramsey gets up and is like clapping his face is like, he just demolished you. <laughs> like that was everything you had, and he just demolished you. You knocked him one step. Yeah, it's like Taylor. <laughs> Me, if I were to run full speed at you and then just push you back one step and be like, what now? Yeah, it was exactly like that, except like they're the exact same size, just about, you know. <laughs> it was I mean, it was it was ridiculous, but it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to watch the games, I guess, even though I wanted it wasn't what I wanted. You know, I wanted Bucks, Packers. I wanted Josh Allen jersey like crying when I come over. <laughs> I wanted Bills Titans so bad. I wanted oh it so bad. You got both of them losing. No, I got the exact games I didn't want, but we'll yeah, have fun. Got, yeah. We'll have fun, you know. You know what? It is going to be a good time, especially if we get the Niners and the Bengals. The problem is I wanted too bad, which means it's going to be Rams and Chiefs. God. It, I think it's me. No, I think it's me. Niners, Chiefs. Really? Yeah, it's going to be Niners-Chiefs, I think. Nah, I think you're wrong on this one. It's going to be gross. Even with my picks, I'm going safe picks here, but I just think, I I just want the Bengals to go. I just think it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great. I like your, I like, I think that's the funnest Super Bowl. Um, I think the best Super Bowl as far as like talent and, you know, the way we play out would be Chiefs-Rams. And the worst Super Bowl is Niners-Chiefs. I think that's one we're going to get. What about Rams Bengals? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel great. I'm all about that. It just seems stupid. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm going for it. Yeah. Look at a jersey. I don't know. Um, well, that's our show for tonight. I know this is very long, but it's the playoffs and everything else. But 
Until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Battle Red Radio. We'll be talking about the Houston Texans, I guess, in two weeks, three weeks. We may do a, actually do a big Texans podcast next Friday night, but uh, we'll be talking about the Texans again soon. So until next time, I'll talk to you later, Taylor. Goodbye forever. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.